the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Maslow Peak Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and our guest today is photographer and videographer Tariq Sykes, a.k.a. Tariq the Video Freak, a.k.a. Dunk on Dunks, from Billet Video Studios. Tariq is a legend in the streetwear game, a prolific cap collector and sneaker collector, and he's worked with some major names in the scene, including New Era, Nike, Stadium Goods, A Bathing Ape, Soul Collector, Rocksmith, Ace of Customs, the list goes on and on. Tariq can be found on all social media platforms at Dunk on Dunks. Tariq, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Cap Anna Streetwear Month continues on the Maslow Peak. Uh, last week we had Alex and Lynn from Thrill SF talking about their venture and the hats that they're doing over there. And today we got a, a legend in the game. So I'm, I'm excited to have you, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to follow up two dudes like that. <laughs> We'll do our best, right? <laughs> no doubt. So tell me a little bit about photography, videography. Um, is this something that you were always interested in growing up, or is this something that you kind of stumbled into? Um, How did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Well, growing up, my, my mom always uh, always had a camera in her hand, like, you know, at family functions or, you know, school events. She's always been the one to take pictures. I just took it over, and I started doing it. It's two things with me, like at at a family event that I end up doing, and it's <laughs> and it's always I'm always snapping pictures, but then I always find myself at the grill some way <laughs> somehow. Okay, you know, flipping burgers and steaks and all that stuff. So living the life. Um, yeah, living the life. <laughs> <laughs> so she um always had a camera, and then I just eventually took that and ended up liking it. Had a couple classes in junior high school, high school, um, and just loved it. And then back in that t- in that in that era for me was I was in the BMX heavy. Okay. And um, I got in the scene here in New York, and you know grew up with a lot of the dudes that ended up being fixtures in the sport. And so it went from there. So in high school, everything kind of shifted. Um, I got my eyes open to videography and editing and just that stuff through BMX. Mm-hmm. So I used to hang out at a spot called Brooklyn House, and uh, I brought I bought my first like real BMX bike. Like, like it wasn't a you know go to the bike shop and buy a whole bike. It was buy a frame and fork and build it out. Oh, so, right, right. <clears throat> so this spot was like walking distance from my high school at the time. And so a couple of the guys actually did end up, they went to my high school too, but I used to hang out at this spot and the store manager was also a videographer. 
and his name is uh, Glenn P.P. Milligan. And so he showed us, like, some footage of, uh, like, um, at the trails with uh, a BMX named Robbie Morales. And just seeing it, I just was like, oh, okay. Like, I've seen videos before, but it just was like, cool. Okay, thanks. Like, it was just the raw footage. Mm -hmm. And then, like, three weeks later, a month later, he showed us the video, and I was like, that was the stuff you showed us like three weeks ago. He was like, yeah, I was like, for real. And so then like that sparked my, you know, curiosity towards it. And then um, like picking his brain, that was like the first video he did on final cut, like the first final cut. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was crazy. Just kind of like starting to learn about that. And that was around the same time as the internet and started. And so, the information was kind of there. So from there, my mind was, you know, starting to get wrapped around videography. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up moving back to Iowa, which uh, that's my birthplace. Okay. Started my family. And then so like 2002, I ended up getting uh, my first opening where I was, you know, filming stuff. And it was with BMX and, um, it was kind of like I got a camera because I was about to have my daughter at the time. And it was kind of like to film stuff with her mm-hmm. and to send this footage back to my mom so because she lived here in New York. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like two birds, one stone. And so I ended up getting with a, a group of guys out there, and then we all formed together, and then we ended up opening an indoor skate park. All right. Or so I helped open that and then I was filming there and taking pictures and you know, it just all started moving in like a snowball effect. Yeah, most uh most of the time when you hear, you know, professional photographer, most people think either wedding photographer or photographing models or wilderness. I mean it sounds like just by by virtue of staying plugged into the scene, you kinda turn that into your career. Yeah, exactly. And so from there, um I ended up do started doing vi- wedding videos, mm-hmm. and so I, I did a handful of those while I was in Iowa. And you know that can be—I don't know if you know anything about that—but they can be a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be you perfect. Know, you only did one shot of that. <laughs> yeah, like that, and then dealing with brides can get a little, <laughs> little, a little rough there at times. You have any bridezilla and, uh, horror stories? Nah, just like I, I kind of avoided a lot of it just by telling them like, I want give me three months before you start like, you know, calling and asking for the video and <laughs> you know it takes time. Yeah, it takes time, but it's like also I I need a little cushion in there. Yeah, a little buffer time. So as as time went on, living in Iowa with that, like I started doing more and more stuff, more and more projects, and then I um. About oh four oh five, I got linked up with Soul Collector. Okay. And so, um, at the time, like, I didn't go crazy with sneakers. I had, you know, maybe five to ten at a time sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was a shoe that got re-released, and it was only in Europe. But jumping, finding that, and that got me in the rabbit hole. Right. That's how it goes. That's how it starts. (laughs) So that got me in the rabbit hole of like just being on the net and being on forums like Nike Talk. And um, then I came across Soul Collector. And Mm -hmm. then 
Um, so from at that point in time of me doing videos and then getting a hooked on sneakers, like I reached out to to, to the people at Soul Collector and um, they were having an event in Chicago and it was the LeBron Chamber of Fear event. And so I reached out and was like, hey, I, I plan on going to this event. You know, could I film it? and send y'all the footage and, you know, get credit. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, ask for no money at the time or whatever. So I go. It's my first time camping out. And that's, like, the first event that I meet all these new people mm -hmm. that end up becoming, like, some. a lot of them I look at, like, that's, like, my fam, you know? Right. And so I did that first event. I camped out. We got to see a crazy fight. <laughs> with uh some some homeless like some homeless dude and somebody at the at the hospital that was like around behind nike town oh geez in chicago so that was fun and um the event was crazy i met d wells um i met my homie scotty there i met the homie jose who is like a big fixture in the sneaker world in chicago and um just took it from there man that was my first video mm -hmm. um I actually made DVDs for people. Like, I sold DVD copies of it to people, too. Oh, wow. And um, just went from there. Yeah, the sneaker and cap community is uh, it's passionate, and I, I had no idea. You know, I've I've been collecting hats. I mean, I'm, I'm not serious like some of the people. I only have, you know, I think I'm in the 30s. You know, I'm not in the, the yeah. hundreds. But, you know, uh, I've, been, I've been picking up pieces here and there for years. And when I went on Instagram and started kind of networking with people and seeing, I, I had no idea that this was such a passionate thing all, all over the yeah. country, you know, sneakers and caps and people there's, there is no end of an appetite for <laughs> sneakers and hats. So, um, it's cool. I'm very true. I'm happy to be a part of the community and, uh, it's cool to see you doing good work. Thank you, man. So is this your full-time job now or is this a side hustle for you? No. Um, so after the whole soul collector thing happened, uh, like, just kept going, kept going, and it was all—it was always just a side hustle at that point. And um, so, one day I got a call from a, a, a friend of mine, and that I actually helped open that skate park with. And um, he was got hired at a company at a web firm, and he called and asked me if I knew anybody that did video outside of me that could go and work for this company. And at the time of the phone call, I was really like pissed off and stressed at work that day. I used to work at a cabinet company. Okay. And so I used to spray clear coat on the cabinet doors and, you know, all that stuff. So this one day I was really just at my <laughs> wits in like right. on the line and he called while I was like in the middle of spraying a cabinet. And then I was like, you know what? Let me answer the phone. So I walked out, answered the phone. And then he asked me that question, if I knew anybody. I was like, duh, Mike, like you talking to him. <laughs> and so I put my two weeks notice in after I had my interview at the at the web firm. And um, as far as video goes, that was like my first year of doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. The company actually went and we expanded pretty quickly. And then got investors, and then the investors came in, and then they laid off, like, 30 to 40 people. And so after that, I was, like, just in the dumps because it was, like, a year of doing what I wanted to do. Like, 
I want to be behind a camera and editing and filming and editing, and that was it. And um, are you still in Iowa or are you back in New York at this point? No, I'm in New York. Okay. At, at that no, at that time I was in Iowa. Okay, gotcha. And so um, I just really that and I was in the dumps after that, and so it was basically like, you know, I'm at that time I had my daughter, um, I had separated from my ex, my wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And she moved to Arizona, so I had my daughter for almost a year. And when she was going to go move back, move with her mom in Arizona, I was like, you know what? I need to get up out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to. So that was one day I just figured I would move back to New York and pursue this. And that move was in October of '09. Okay. So you arrived back in New York, and what's your first step? What, how did you get plugged back into the scene? Um, when I got back, I I built a like a a network of people through. Um, at the time, it was really big, but it was called Life Casting. Okay. And there was a website called Justin TV. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So like, I had a little a little group of people from there and one of those people was Tim and Tim like me and Tim linked up and did a few projects together when I got back and then I met a lot of people in the industry whether it had been the music industry um artists um jewelers like all types of people from mm-hmm. sneakers yeah and um so then when I got back I just was staying in communication with people and um this group of people from justin.tv these people were just scattered all over the place so at the time like i knew people that were at blogs so i was i was able to link with them and do interviews for that blog or mm-hmm. you know this person would bring me in and do graphic work motion graphics tim brought me in to do motion graphics for his job for his company that he was at and then then i got after the soul collector stuff, then I still was like in the, in, in the sneaker world. So then I, I actually linked up with a friend that worked with 13 witness. So then I did stuff with them and then, you know, it one just, thing goes to another. yeah, it just was one, you know, word of mouth and somebody brought you in for this and somebody bring you in for here. And then you meet people at just people in the video world. You meet them at a, like the Canon big event where they're revealing this camera or whatever. Right. So like it's just many ways of, you know, meeting people. Next thing you know, you're filming Kevin Durant for Nike. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when you tell people that you're a photographer in the streetwear community, what's their most common reaction? Uh, it's not, I, I wouldn't even say the streetwear community. It's just like, People would, you know, go to my Instagram, like, especially a few years ago when I did do a lot of stuff with, with famous people, Mm -hmm. like people would always, you know, their first reaction when they saw photos would be like, oh, that's cool. You got to meet so-and-so or, you know, you got to hang out with so-and-so and, and, you know, like to you or anybody in sports would be like, oh, you you got to shoot Kevin Durant or, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to be around LeBron or something. Like, but the the biggest thing, like, I had a stint where I was shooting for King Magazine, mm-hmm. and so one of our my first shoots where was with Amber Rose. So like, that's like 
one of the biggest <laughs> like what you got yeah. to shoot Amber Rose like yeah. so like that's you know that's one of the the biggest ones is is being able to shoot her people get amazed by that yeah and on the flip side for you it's worked it's not like you guys are on the court shooting baskets or you know going to play yeah. pool going to play pool afterwards exactly. yeah it's yeah. just it's just people, work people people think that like i'll post a picture say with a famous rapper and then like all of a sudden i started getting texts like that day of people like yo Yo, send so and so my mixtape. <laughs> That's what I was just know. gonna say. Did you, you know, give, did you give him my like mixtape? <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm not, I'm not with that person. Like that's my people. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting paid to be here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's really weird. Yeah. All right. So what's a basic day like for you? Basic day is, so like the last three years I've actually did i've done freelance but i've i kind of bounced around with other having a day job to having a part-time day job to um just doing freelance so mm -hmm. the day jobs that i had I, I it was still freelance like i was under contract to work at um i went i was working at one blog called the stashed okay and so i handled like the video stuff for that blog so I would shoot interviews for them. And then after that, I ended up handling the videos for sneakernews.com. Okay. So, and then right now, like, so I went from those two. So then right now, like, I'm back in more freelance, like pure freelance, where I'm doing a lot of real estate videos right now. Okay. And so my my daily is like you know I go shoot a house and then edit that video for the for my client and then just editing videos mostly right now yeah. I have like probably five or six projects that I'm still working on currently. Is there any work or any projects that you're particularly proud of that you've done? I'm really like you know I love music so like I'm really into you know hip-hop especially the older stuff but like there are a few magazines in the hip-hop world that are like you know the magazines and you know what i'm saying yeah so to be able to go and work at double xl like i worked at double xl for a little like over half a year mm -hmm. that was just amazing but like right before that i actually was at king magazine for like almost two years okay so like i handled their video stuff for the photo shoots and so like those two magazines were big you know just big in the hip-hop world right. and so like being able to work on stuff for those magazines and sites that those are like those are high up there for me just for that reason and then also to have a passion and love for sneakers since i was little mm -hmm. and to be able to to work with nike and work with you know the magazines out here and the blogs, those are proud moments for me. Right. I really enjoy like shooting shoes and, and coming from a, you know, little league playing little league when I was little and got addicted to fitteds like young, you know? So being, being in this position to have a lot of hats and love my hats, like, right. But also to, eventually work with new era and, and work on my, I did a, my first project with new era last year. Um, I worked on 
I was able to get some photos posted multiple times by them and then to work on my project last year. So that was pretty cool. What project was that? Basically, like, uh, so, you, you know, in boxing, you have a tail of the tape. Yeah. Before each match. So we actually took photos of hats on a model and then made a tail of the tape for some NBA games. Oh, okay. Um, so last year was their first year with the official license for the NBA. Right. So it was just a big campaign. It was the, you used the hashtag NBA fitted. So it was um, the last 13 games of 2016, I think it was. That So I did uh, those tail of the tapes for that. So that was a, you know, a big moment, the end of the year. Yeah, I've seen you post those. Those are those are cool. And then you got the thread yeah. count and the colors and the yeah. stitching and so that's pretty dope. Like I've never like for them when they brought the idea to me and then then told me all that stuff, I thought it was pretty dope. Hmm. How many hats do you have? Uh, I'm currently like just shy, like just over four hundred. Oh jeez. But you didn't you, you you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> Nobody the people to the people listening to this to this podcast, you did not hear me say that number <laughs> y'all made me look bad here i am with my 30 and uh no nah, hey i've i've you know okay so being on in team fitted is fun and i enjoy it oh yeah and i've i've commented multiple times to people about it like in there that would post like oh like the comment that you just said like somebody would write that and my only thing i can say to people like that with that is like it ain't about the number. Oh yeah, for sure. It's never about the number. Yeah. The thing is, it's about if you love them and you enjoy them. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's what because, it's about. Because you could be like, like I said, like I started with hats because of little league, like and watching major league baseball. But my thing was, I never at that time was able to buy a bunch of hats. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know, when you get older, you, you have your own money. You can do what you want to do with it. So it's like, and you never know when people, like, I started with having multiple, more than 20, more than 30, more than 50 hats yeah. in maybe 05, 06 or something, you know? And it was, I was able to buy my own, so I bought multiples. Yep. You know, and I worked every day, so I didn't have to have, like, I wasn't able to wear a hat out all the time, so. It just accumulated. And then in the last four years, they just kept coming. I just kept, you know. It just... Stumble into them. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Alex and Lynn's has, episode hasn't come out yet, so you haven't heard it. But he talks about the same thing. about start, It started in Little League. You know, like yep. I remember Little League. And then I got into an era of Little League that had fitteds. And then from there, it was all over. Do you remember that first hat that really got its teeth into you, and that's kind of what started it all? Oh, Yankee hat, man. Yeah, <laughs> the the original. Yeah, like it's always been, like that's always been my favorite hat. Yeah. And then my second favorite hat is probably the Mets hat. Like I just love the orange and blue. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm a I'm a Yankee fan. That's my team, but the Mets are like in baseball probably the second team that I like, just because right. like. With my mom being a teacher, back in the day she used to um the they used to give teachers the school where she was tickets. Okay. And so we used to go to a Mets game like every year, probably for like five, six straight years. Mm -hmm. And so it's always been a, one of my favorites, but my favorite favorite is the Yankees hat. Yeah. Yeah, my go to is the uh Giants twenty ten World Series. That's probably my nice. go to. Uh 
Yeah, right now I'm rocking the New York Giants 1954 yep. World Series. So I picked nice. this one up. Yeah, this is one of my faves. This is one of my go-tos. That's what's up. Yeah. And I'm not I'm I'm not too far from Evans Field. Okay. Like it's probably five blocks away. Yeah. And so like it's always on every time I go by there, it's always on my mind. I've been trying to track down one of those polo drowns hats. I've seen those here and there. I've been trying yeah, to tra- um, I've been trying to track I, one of those down. Yeah, I got like that's that's the hat that you you reached out to me about, right? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, a while yeah. back, yeah. Yep. And so like that's done by the homie City. City is like when it comes to hats, like he's a like a real legend dude. Like he's <laughs> as far as like custom hats. Yeah. Like he's worked with, you know, multiple stores here in New York City, but like he that hat that you reached out to me about was one of his customs, like colorways. Huh. So when you're walking around and um, you recently took a trip and I saw some of the great pictures you took on that trip, what is it that catches your eye and makes you decide to snap something? Like, what are you looking for? Or kind of what, what sparks the inspiration for you? I can say st- like what sparks me right now, like I really love light. Like just light and having something be contrast, like a lot of contrast. Mm-hmm. I'm really into light and kind of like if I if, if there's something that can like uh how do you say like if I'm walking and there's like a light streak that's like coming through and it say it's hitting like the emblem on a car. Yeah. Like I wanna get that so like I just I see dramatic contrast. Right. And like like right right now that's been my focus has been like really dramatic contrast and and light and that's been the drive recently. It's cool. I um one of the themes I feel like I see in your work is you know you live in the city and you're you're capturing a a quiet moment in the chaos. Mm-hmm. Like you uh, you posted something the other day that looked like an archway. Yeah, and like the archway is still, and then you can see like the city lights in the background and the cars, but the archway itself yeah. is kind of stoic, you know. Yeah, you've got that one, uh, that one shot from the Ghostbusters shoot where the Ecto One is coming around the corner, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like the image, like the the composition, everything else going on is chaos, but then yeah. you can almost picture this slow mo moment of this car coming around the corner, and mm-hmm. you've, you've captured that moment and. I yeah. think I think that's really really awesome about your pitches. Is you're you're capturing a moment in the craziness of life. Mm-hmm. I think like like with the picture you talk about with the with the archway and like that that situation that was light, like that was the driving force behind it was the light hitting the arch, you know. Yeah. And then that's the focal point, but then you also see the lights across the across the water, and then you see the tree that's lit up. But it's like it's about the Right now, I'm just, I don't know. It just happened where I'm just focused on light. I don't know why. And I think it speaks to your city. You know, your city's lit up all the time. There is no darkness yeah. in your city. You know, there yep. there are no quiet moments in your city. So you're mm-hmm. trying to capture the fleeting, you know. the, the Very true. Yeah, the, the peace of, you know, finding peace in this chaos. I, I think that stands out. Yeah. Then it's like, like with the other pictures that you, you mentioned is like, when I was in South Carolina, like I haven't been out in the country in a lo- in a while, so like being out there and then going to this lady's house and then seeing these rundown shacks and 
driving past a, a a plantation like it just was like how could i not like snap these pictures you know mm-hmm. and it, they they were also driven by the light because the light was coming through the cab this rundown shack and it's just you know there's so much out there that can be shot and it's it's just fun seeing new things you know seeing right. new things or or trying to capture something in a new way in a different way from maybe what you've seen in the past you know right yeah people ask you know how to how do i take better pictures and i always tell them the the key is to get off your feet and walk around you know very true you know what you see right now there might be a better angle if you walk around you're gonna find it i've i've taken pictures multiple times of like the same thing mm-hmm. and then that picture can change from three steps you know that that same picture can you can walk five steps today take that picture and then you can walk 10 steps tomorrow and get that same area but it'll be different right and and then and then it can be also different from the light it can also be different from your edit like and it could just have a whole completely different mood to it and then to anybody else, it, it's a different picture, but to you, you know, you you stepped five steps to the right, right, and captured. It's and, just about yeah. changing your perspective. Yep. Yep. All right, we talked about some projects you're proud of. How about any disappointments or anything that didn't work out the way you hoped it would? Mm. Okay, so working at the web firm that I worked at for for in Iowa for a year, that was probably the biggest high and then the biggest low that I've had. Yeah. Um, because it was my first real like venture into doing to being a videographer, editor professionally full time. Full time. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when that crumbled, it was, it was pretty rough. Like I went like probably my darkest, time as an adult as an adult yeah I, so, I finally got a chance to do this thing i've always wanted to do and it didn't work out yeah so like that was pretty rough but it also still at the end it still was a bright side because it, it gave me the the drive to to get here to get mm-hmm. to new york and and finally like venture out and do it i can look back and say okay it was kind of rough and it was kind of like i was in a bad place after that but I was also still in a good place. Yeah. Going forward, how do you define success for yourself? Well, right now in this present day, like, um, I've ventured out into the real estate world mm-hmm. and, you know, filming houses and it's been a huge blessing to have another, you know, another avenue, another lane to get into. Steady, steady work, I yeah. assume. Yeah. Yeah, steady work, but like just something new, something like within the same world, but something new. Like I've never thought to like, okay, I'm gonna go shoot this house for somebody and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's wanting the the drive to be like, I want to be good at that. It's new my eye like you know it you got to look at it in a different way it's another it's just another situation mm-hmm. where i want to be good at it like the, my drive is to be good at that and to like get more clients at it yeah. in in that world and 
grow my business in that lane. Mm-hmm. If this hadn't worked out for you, what do you think you'd be doing? You think you'd still be back in Iowa making cabinets or? Probably. Hmm. I probably would be still in Iowa, you know, because I wouldn't have had living in Iowa, you know, working at a cabinet company. There's no drive to be like, oh, I want to go to, I want to move to New York and work at a cabinet company. Right. Why? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's straight up like I want to move to New York to pursue videography yeah so it was never like if i'm in that that's just where i was there was no you know there was no like oh i could go over here somewhere else and prosper at it you know what i'm saying because like there's moments like um you look back at stuff man it's crazy because like at that cabinet company i was doing videos Mm-hmm. And I was doing I was doing videos with Soul Collector, and I ended up being in one of the issues. There was a Jordan issue, and I ended up being in that issue. And it was uh, they picked a person from each state. Okay. For that issue, so, and just to tell you a story, basically, so I ended up being in that issue for Iowa, and then like. I got all these magazines. I I was handing them out, giving them to people. And then just taking that magazine into the cabinet company that day, like I took it in there and then like people saw it, people wanted to read it and it like, it felt good. Mm -hmm. And then like, I I look back on that and it was like, this is what I should be doing. You know? Right. Like I shouldn't, I didn't, I wasn't meant to stay in that cabinet company. Like that was just a moment and it, it fed my family. You know, I took care of my daughter for two and some change years. And then, you know, that was it. So what would you say to someone who's, you know, they're at their job, they're in their lane, but they've really got dreams of doing something else and they they feel like they can do it. What would you say to that person? I say 100%, you got to figure out, like, at that time, if you're, like, for example, me, I was in that cabinet company, but I was also still doing this on the side. Like I would never tell nobody just to like drop everything. Yeah, blow and, up your life. Yeah, like destroy what you what you're doing, like to pursue it. Your thing is you gotta figure out how to do both. Right. You know, if it if it's if it's forty hours at the cabinet company and you got a weekend, you, you gotta you gotta grind on the weekend too and do what you love. You know, I I did that, and I did the soul collector stuff. Mm -hmm. So my weekends was, at the time, we had, we were doing a LeBron event. So my weekends come, I'll probably, sometimes I would leave work early, and then I would be in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would, I would be, I would come back to New York for an event. Sometimes I go to Cleveland. Like, it, I would be in Florida. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what my weekends was. And then Monday comes, I'm back at, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. back, I'm back on the line. Oh yeah, I mean here we are. You know? It's it's 10 a.m. on Saturday, and here I am interviewing you. I'm I'm on yeah. the other I'm on the other side of that right now. No doubt. Like you you don't want to you don't want to blow up and and destroy what you're doing. What what keeps your lights on? Yeah. To, like somebody may have the money stacked up to the side that can be like, f this job, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do this. <laughs> They may have the money to take care of them for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And some people, 
you know, in my situation, I ain't had that luxury. Right. I had to keep grinding those 40 hours out, those 60 hours yeah. out sometimes. You know, it's just different. Everybody got different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Be, uh, chase your hustle, but don't disrespect your family. You know, don't exactly. uh, don't make it hard for everyone in your life by being almost selfish, you know, being selfish yeah. and trying to chase it yourself. No, I, True. I can definitely agree with that. All right. So we talked hats. We talked sneakers. We talked hip hop. Uh, anything else you like to do for fun outside of taking pictures and shooting videos? I can say like I'm real. I'm a low key person. Like, yeah, I'm in New York, but I don't wall out and I'm, you know, be at parties all the time. Or <laughs> You're not at one out every Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my thing. And not then like if life. I am most of the time, if I am at like an event like that, like you're working, I'm working, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then um, so most of my my downtime in is like I play Call of Duty, okay. I play video games. So I'll do that. And then also the it comes back to like photography, like I can just like the other night, like we talked about the arch photo. Yeah, that was because it, it snowed, and I was like I was having a rough day that day, mm-hmm. and so I said, you know, I'm gonna get up and get out. And so I got out and I I went downtown Brooklyn by the Brooklyn Bridge, and just took pictures. Yeah, and that's like just a good way for me to relax and clear my head and and just chill, you know. Yeah, I got into uh, so back with the hats. It's like I can go online and just look look for hats and copping a new hat. I know how that for goes. me is you know <laughs> <laughs> that's super chill and relaxing too. You know, nothing like new and hat then, day when that box comes and you open it up. There's nothing like that. Nothing, nope, nothing like it. That or some new sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Jeez. I got my first pair of Jordans a couple of weeks ago. I got the Shattered Backboard re-release. So uh, nice. Yeah, nice. The, the Shattered Backboard, the original Shattereds are my uh, my holy grail. I was yeah. la- last time I was in the city, I I couldn't drop four fifty on them. I, I couldn't do it. Nah, that that's crazy. Like that's 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 a good shoe. And then like like for that, like I got the bread ones this last year. Yeah. But then um, so this is a secret, y'all. Nobody nobody ripped me. So I got that pair. I lucked up on a Nike app, but then so I went to the homies Nigel Sylvester's um, Go premiere for his part three uh-huh. at the new Nike space in the city. And um, so in that video, he's rocking the bread ones. That's like one of his favorite shoes. Yeah. So as people, so as you go to the event, you got a bracelet, and so. At the end of the premiere, they're like, yo, for everybody, we got a surprise for you. For the people that came, everybody has a chance to get a pair of bread ones. And so for for you to tell me that is like, okay, I, I don't got to think about it. It's like <laughs> a second pair of bread ones at yeah. retail. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't leave out of here with that. Not right. with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to <laughs> When I walk out of here, it's got to be in my hand. Like yep. you just can't pass up opportunities like that in this day and age in the sneaker world with how crazy prices are, you know? Oh yeah. And it's crazy when I got those shatters, I'm most shoes I wear are 13 and my mm-hmm. Nike running shoes are 13. But then when I got those ones, they almost felt like space boots. Like they were just a little, yeah. little too big. Yeah. And so I was trying to swap for a 12 or 12 and a half with someone online. Mm. And 
everyone wanted me to throw cash in the deal and all this. It's like, man, I thought we were trying to help each other out here. What's going on? Yeah, you, 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 you'll find it's way too many people like that. Everybody think it's about coming up. You know, yeah. everything has to be a come up for people to oh, use yeah. it at right now in the sneaker world. Hat world, not so much, just because it's not really a market for that yet. Yeah. Like, just straight up go crazy for um, reselling. Like, you know, you have that you have that market for some of the Hawaii hats, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, outside of the Hawaii hats, we don't really have – you don't really got to worry about that. Like, crazy markups and crazy yeah. people just trying to make – to get over, you know. Yeah, for sure. With all that we've talked about, what inspires you to keep going? How do you keep yourself motivated? A lot, a lot of my motivation is, you know, my daughter. My, I'm, I'm newly um, engaged, so congrats. Thank you, sir. So right now, like a lot of the, a lot of my grind right now is to like stack this money so I can move and you know start my 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 life with my new family, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's just my daughter and them. That's just my future, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you could go back to the start of the journey, anything you tell yourself? The start of the journey, I would definitely tell myself to, like, focus, like, more on this. Because you have, you have things where you're... Everybody's different with everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody has something they just naturally can do. Yeah. And I felt like I was growing up and I had, you know, my photography class. I naturally was able to take a photo without like somebody just giving me the rundown on it. Right. It was just I was just able to to make something that had composition and had that looked nice, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I felt like when I look back and I look at now compared to then, like, I feel like if I focus more on it in photography class in junior high school and then focus more on it in high school, yeah, I probably would be further along in a different place right now. I know how you feel, man. I uh, When I was 17, I wanted to own a record label and tell stories and do movies and here I am, you know, literally, literally double the age I was then, you know, literally half Mm -hmm. my life ago, I'm, I'm back chasing those same dreams. I know what you mean. Yeah. Any last words of advice, life, art, creativity, anything? I say everybody just do what you love, man. Like that, that rough job that you had right now is just, it's either you can make it your stepping stone to go up and do something that you really want to do or be stuck there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to, it's better to live life doing what you want to do Absolutely. than to be, be stuck and just twiddling your thumbs, just, you know, on the boat of life, just going like whatever. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the, that's definitely one of the themes here is, you know, that, that thing you're into, you know, someone's job is doing that, you know, like you, you know, someone takes pictures of sneakers for magazines and for blogs and websites and stuff. And yeah. if, if you're into a thing that's about another thing, chances are there's a job out there for you to do both of those things, you know, exactly. And it's a, uh, it's inspiring to see you chase your dreams and, and do good work and network with people and do cool jobs and still understand that it's a job and it's 
it's cool, man. It's cool to see your work. Very true. That, that means a lot to like. With one thing I can say with with this and being like I never wanted to do this and be like have a spotlight on me. Right. And like I can say so I wanna double back with the a highlight. Okay. So a highlight also is somebody hits you up and tells you your work is dope and that they, they could they dig it and they like what you're doing and it they tell you that it, it's you know inspiring them and what they do or what they like or mm-hmm. like when all that happened when I moved when I moved back when I moved back to New York and that happened like via Twitter or via Instagram like it always baffles me because like I, I don't do it for that like right. I'm not doing you know I'm not trying to take a picture or something to like get the praise or get somebody to tell me like that's inspiring them right so it's always when it happens it's like I'm not saying it happens all the time or every day or nothing like that but like the times that it has happened yeah you know and then it always is a, it's a good feeling and it's a humbling feeling and it's like I don't do it for that and then you know it's just it's it's amazing what what it can what social media can do yeah you're not doing it for the yeah. love you're doing it for the love of the art but to yeah, be validated exactly. yeah to be validated that's yeah. definitely a good feeling right yeah exactly no, ever since we got connected, I've really enjoyed seeing your work, and uh, you know, uh, your work is great, and you've worked with some cool people, and the photos you take, the videos you take are awesome, and uh, it's cool to talk, man. It's cool to to talk about this, and I'm glad we could get together and tell your story because I think it's an inspiring story. Like I was saying, you know, yeah. you, you have interests, you pursued those interests, and you made it work, and I think uh, that's what the show's all about. That's why I wanted to have you on to to inspire people to chase those dreams and figure out a way to make it work because there's a job out there there's probably a job out there doing what you want to do yeah and I, I say like this is a blessed moment and i'm grateful for it and it's humbling to be asked to do it you know and i i'd say thank you to you oh thanks man um for wanting me to come through and, and talk to your people and I, I i have a saying it's a hashtag it on some things but like just i'm just you just gotta grind like i'm grinding with my dreams and it's like you just got to pursue what you love, man. If you don't, then you just be stuck and unhappy. Yep. And I, I can say right now, if I don't work tomorrow, if I don't do this no more, I can say, like, I I, I pursued it, you know? Mm-hmm. I pursued my dreams. I was grinding out here for a long time with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, my daughter eat. Yep. I eat. You know what I'm saying? It's like... You just you is is either you're gonna be stuck or you're not. That's right. I didn't I didn't want to be stuck. Like I wasn't happy doing that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You found a way to make it work. Indeed. All right. This has been Tariq Sykes, aka Dunk on Dunks from Billet Video Studios. You can find him on all social media platforms at Dunk on Dunks. Tariq, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, and keep going for them hats, Tommy. <laughs> I'll talk to my wife about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, that's another topic we can talk about. <laughs> that, that's a that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other one because I'm about to get back into it, and it's like I don't know how she's gonna feel with these boxes. <laughs> I, I told her a while back. I said, uh, you know, if well, I was buying about a hat a month, so if I only if, if I buy a pair of sneakers every four months, it kind of works out the yeah. same, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's crazy.
All right, this has been the Maslow Creek Podcast presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. You can find us on the web at themaslowcreek.com or you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Maslow Peak and also on Facebook at The Maslow Peak. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon.